0: Life,
1: it's Home Plus Life Podcast Hey,
0: hey, hey How are we doing?
1: I'm tired, I'm not going to lie so,
0: I'm so tired I'm so tired We're moving house And and prepping to move house And obviously running businesses from home And everything like that as well And, and kids going back to kids school Kids going back to school this is this is actually the first time we've recorded an episode literally the night before it gets. Released. In fact, it's like eight hours before it gets released. This is yeah. This is pretty full that, on for yeah, us. Yeah, that gives you an idea of just how how Nor- well we're doing.
1: <laughs> normally, I, you know, I'm very organised and normally have everything covered, but not this week. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. It's but
1: we will try to make it as perky and happy as possible.
0: Look, I mean, look, we've got a cracking topic. I think I think the topic, as we start to get into it, I'll fire up because it's, it's one I'm passionate about. Um, we're dealing with the topic of greedy investors this week. And it's everywhere. Like, everyone loves to jump on the back of the investors and go, greedy, grubby, money grubbing investors. I understand why yeah, we'll get you know, into
1: it. You know what? At the end of the day, it's a bit of a circle of life, isn't it?
0: Well, look, we'll, we'll talk into that. We'll talk into that. And I think, you know, everyone... It, look, it's it's a really emotionally charged topic, I think. So, and it's it's housing, it's shelter. So there's there's a lot of arguments, moral, ethical arguments to be made, but there's also the way shit is um, to look at as well. So, but we'll we'll have a chat. We'll have a chat. We'll dive into that, and no doubt I'll fire up because let's be honest. So are we
1: going to do a thanks to our? Sponsors.
0: We haven't done a thanks to our sponsors in ages. We just randomly start talking about them. Actually, you know what has happened this week for our sponsors? What? At Check my house price. They've onboarded an additional, I think it's twenty-two new local area experts. So there's So that there's,
1: means that there's 20 new postcodes that have someone looking after them.
0: Absolutely. Around the country. So we've we've got even even more awesome people doing awesome work providing those free house price reports um so shout out to the to the new local area experts most commonly they're real estate agents but you know welcome Welcome on board um they they do a cracking job and look one of the one of the things that i guess it's it's a thankless job in a large regard but they have the most up-to-date and accurate information as to what's happening in the market because they're the ones that are getting offers they're the ones that are selling properties they know what's happening before all of the big systems, you know, like even the RP datas and the real use. The agents know before any of those guys do, which is one of the reasons why in this well, age of AI we we still that use are agents. The data into those yeah, systems and that's that it. gives you the other information that's it. anyway. So, so that's so that's why, you know, even in this day and age of AI and everything, we still use real estate agents and, and local area experts to complete the house price reports because they're still the most accurate and up to date out of anybody, mm-hmm. and of course, if if you want to know, you know where you sit in your property journey, and, and you want to be fully informed to make the best decision moving forward. Well, what does you like to say?
1: Knowledge is power.
0: Knowledge is power, and you need that knowledge to be accurate. So we make sure that uh, those guys doing those those house price reports are, are as accurate as humanly possible. Which still, in this day and age, is more accurate than what AI can be at the present point in time.
1: So if you'd like to know, jump over to www.checkmyhouseprice.com.au. Or Or
0: .co.nz for our Kiwi mates. There we go. Because a whole bunch of new Kiwi local area experts have jumped on board as well.
1: Awesome. So let's get into the topic of greedy investors. Greedy, greedy, self-indulgent Money investors. grubbing
0: investors, yes. Um,
1: how dare they try to make their money work for them. <sighs> wow.
0: This was a rabbit hole <laughs> and a half this week.
1: Can of worms have been Ooh. opened.
0: Look, I let me let me start out by saying I fully understand. Like, this is housing we're talking about. It's shelter. It is it is one of the most basic needs that we all have. And there is a fair argument, in my opinion, that shelter should not be. Well, shelter is a basic need and everyone is entitled and should have a right to shelter. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree with that.
1: Like clean Um, water. Everyone should have a roof over their head. Everyone
0: should have clean water. Everyone should have food in their bellies, clothes on their backs and a roof over their head. That's an ideal. And I agree with that ideal and I support that ideal. However.
1: Who's going to fund it?
0: My job. And to be perfectly honest, my personality and who I am deals with reality.
1: Yeah, who's going to fund it?
0: And the reality is that the Australian government, somewhere along the line, decided that they would outsource the issue of housing supply to the private sector, that they would make it a a profitable asset. Because if the private sector is going to take on the dirty work of the government, there has to be profit in it. Otherwise, like the legal no obligation, well, the legal obligation of a company, the legal obligation of the directors of a company. Is to always act in the best interest of the shareholders, and that is to create profit. Yeah, right. That that is it's a legally mandated.
1: Well, you can take it even you can take it even further than that. No one is going if someone if your boss came to you if you're just a regular Joe working a regular job, and they said to you, you need to go, let's say, cashier. You need to go and unpack those boxes. If it's not in part of your contract, you're going to turn around and go, It's not part of my contract. I don't get paid for it. Yeah. And, and you're, not look, I, uh, honestly, you're not going to do something that you're not going to get paid for. That's
0: that's a terrible example because there's millions of people in this country and around the world. Who do that because they're fear of getting fired?
1: And, yes, and they're, but they're still getting paid.
0: They're, they're getting paid, but if it's not in their contract, they're still doing it for fear of okay, not getting so promotion, not getting advancement, out. right? The, so if you
1: if you don't get paid for the job, you're not going to do it.
0: No, I, I disagree. Your your example is terrible. I'm sorry, but there are millions and millions of people okay, out there who start do. Over let's, again let's let's go a different example.
1: Let's just start over again.
0: Look, put it put it this way: if you're going to give me ten bucks, right, on an investment. You are going to expect ten bucks or more back.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Exactly. That's and that's it. the The emotional issue, the idealism issue here is people don't believe that shelter should be an investment. And you know what? On some level, I kind of agree with but them.
1: That's what I'm saying. Who's go, who's going to fund it?
0: That's and that's it. The government could fund it. Yeah. But they don't. So, but well, then they start. Actually, hang on. Let me rephrase. They are starting to, but. The government outsourced this to the private sector. The private sector is not – if you are standing in front of a table and you've got a bowl that's empty, a bowl that's full of your favorite candies and a bowl that's twice as big that's full of your favorite candies even more so and if you put an acceptable amount of money down, you get to take one of those bowls of candies, which bowl are you going to take? You're going to take the big one, right? If they're all the same amount of money, you're going to take the big one. Yeah. Okay? Okay? You lost me on candy. Okay, yeah, but uh, that's just you. You're not going to put money down to take the empty bowl, are you? No. So in order to outsource to the private sector, the government had to incentivize.
1: Yeah, which they've done.
0: Which is exactly what they've done. And the shortage of housing supply demands, supply and demand, everything we've discussed, means that house prices keep on going up and investors make capital gains. Sometimes they even are positively geared, which means that they're making money week to week on the rent. Compared to what the loan is and so forth. And that incentivizes them to take on the extra risk. Cause it's not just a bowl of candy. And you can guarantee it's a bowl of candy. There could be a poisoned candy in there. So there is risk. And they've taken on all the risks. They've taken on the costs. Like as a tenant, yeah, you don't pay rates, you don't pay water. Oh, sorry, sometimes you do pay water and depending on the state, that, but you you don't pay building insurance. Like there's that the owners or the investors have taken on risk. So you've got to incentivize that. Now, should that have been the case? To be perfectly honest, when it came about and they they went down this path, it was probably a necessary evil. It was probably something that based on our population, based on our, the size of the country and the infrastructure that's needed, the government had no other choice. Now we're so far down this rabbit hole, we can't unpack it. So it became really, really interesting when... My diving down the rabbit hole led to a Reddit thread. Now, I'm hesitant to dive into any Reddit comment section. Um, It can be a scary place at times. But there was a post, housing as an investment should be abolished. And in this post, they made the arguments that it's harder to achieve financial stability in 2024. It's no longer the 1950s to 80s, which was apparently, according to them, the golden era uh, in Australia, and it's a rigged system with foreign investors, multiple homeowners trying to capitalize on others' misfortune, direct quote. There was the usual lambasting of negative gearing, the usual it's-a-bubble bullshit that we keep dispelling because a bubble is full of air. We have a more greater demand than we have supply. That's not a bubble, that's an economic force. So if we look at this housing as an investment should be abolished, we can't abolish it because the moment we turn around and disincentivize investors, we'll lose rental properties out the wazoo.
1: Well, the other thing that I have to ask is, again, I, I go back to the question of who's going, to, who's going to fund it. If it's not the investor, then it's going to be the government, right? Which is the and, people because, let's
0: be honest, the government's just yeah, a custodian yeah, of the people's but, money.
1: Look! Look how people like, and it it still happens. It's just not as bad as what it had been previously. Where the first question, as a, a lot of real estate agents were getting, uh, I, kn- I know, uh, when they first started out in their career, which would have been in the early '80s, was, w- "Isn't this the housing commission area?" No one wanted to buy near housing I, commission. Yeah, look. So I, what, no, no, hold on. What I'm saying here is isn't it just shifting people's anger? If it's not the mum and dads that are investing, it's going to be the government that they're going to be pissed off with because there's people who, you know, who, it's government-funded housing, so therefore it's not somewhere where you want to build, it's not somewhere where you want to live, blah, 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 blah. blah. I, look,
0: I can, I can see where you're coming from there, but Housing Commission was built as Housing Commission for Low Socioeconomic... Right, this is not necessarily of which building for low So we still Loso. need it's still, we, we not still even we, yeah, to we, yeah we still t- need scratch. that, but we also need houses for you know uh, the middle class. Yeah, oh, right. It's a, it's so it's a
1: shit show across the board. It's a shit
0: show across the board. So it's not it's it's not going to be what you're saying. Like housing commission is looked down upon but because it's housing commission is, and the way it got treated. But, and all the the rest other of it. thing
1: too is that if it's not the mums and dads that people are going, they're greedy, they're greedy, they're greedy. They're just going to be going. It's the politicians, and we already know this. It's the politicians. They're greedy, they're greedy, they're greedy. Well, I mean, look, greedy. that that, so that raises a brilliant question. There's always going to be right? someone that's pissed off with someone else because yeah. someone is making more but money.
0: But we we are in a crisis right now, so something uh, something absolutely. needs to change. Something needs to be done. But what what you're saying raises a really really good question. And I'm going to put it to you now, and and to everyone who's listening in. First and foremost, welcome. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Um, we have we have a lot of fun doing it, so we appreciate you you joining us and allowing us to do it. But the question I've got for you is, regardless of what side of politics, whether you're you know a swinging voter or you lean left, lean right, would you trust the politicians to take over solving the housing supply problem in this country by government built houses, like a government? project that builds houses for people across the spectrum, develops areas, and then sells those houses. Would you trust that the government would run that effectively, run it efficiently, run it on budget, on time, and that there wouldn't be some sort of loophole where if the house fell down around you, you weren't on the hook for hundreds of thousands of dollars, or that the government would actually be responsible for it? And then, assuming that there were all of these safety mechanisms in place, would you trust the government agency to actually handle these these issues with the same degree of customer service that you'd expect of a private developer?
1: No, straight
0: exactly. up. And I've right. never
1: been in housing commission, but I have I have read a lot of things. I have spoken to people who. I'm, have I'm not even talking about housing. What?
0: I'm talking if government stepped in to I, handle it across all classes.
1: I understand that, but what I'm saying here is I've actually worked with people. Who were from housing, and even they have said that the red tape that is involved in order just to do minor things is stupid. Oh. So, could you imagine what it would be like across everyone?
0: Well, you remember we did the podcast episode. We were one of the uh, episodes we talked about on stamp duty, and we talked about the red tape and government taxes at the different yeah, levels it's of government, stupid. and how, like in Brisbane, it was thirty six percent of the the price of a, a new house mm. and land package. What would that be if all of those, every single aspect of that build, so it wasn't just the 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 developer came along and said we're going to put a house here, can you please approve it? It was every single aspect, down to every single individual nail, was handled by the government.
1: Well, then there's also the property management of it.
0: That's assuming it gets rented out and not, and it's not built for, as an owner occupier to solve the, the even still the housing you, you're crisis.
1: going to have to have someone who either sells it or someone who rents it. Mm-hmm. So, with all of the real estate agents currently working within Australia with the housing crisis that we already have, the government comes in and goes, all right, we, right, they're going to have to have someone who does the similar sort of job, if not the exact same right. job. So, so, where are so we going we to agree. get those people from? We,
0: we agree that if the government was to step in and develop property across the spectrum, not just housing commission, but no, every, middle class, uh, yeah. top end, the whole works, that it would be an absolute snafu. Anyone who's never come across the term snafu, S-N-A-F-U, situation normal, all fucked up.
1: Look, quite honestly, I reckon if anything what it should be is why not do it so that there is people who aren't aren't outsourced labour but who's employed by the government to build houses,
0: but that'll Private create that'll that'll create the same red tape problems, the same bureau- bureaucratic problems. Look at we like, need
1: people to build. It's yep. not it's not about just right. we need okay. people to build. So <laughs> that's where the problem so, is, but, as well as the, as the materials. Absolutely.
0: So we agree we agree that the government would be oh, a disaster. It
1: would, it would be a horror. Yeah, it would be a horror show. It'd,
0: it'd be terrible. We'd end up with slums if we ended up with a single building built. If right? we were lucky. The, the twenty six thousand missing houses is a good good question yeah. to ask. So. Someone in the Reddit thread yeah proposed a solution that I feel ticked all of the boxes and I'd like you to try and tear it apart if you can't If you can't tear it apart and you go, holy shit, that's amazing, don't tear it apart. But try and poke legitimate holes in it mm-hmm. okay I found this a really common sense solution because people of course were immediately jumping on and talking about you know cutting tax breaks for investors, removing negative gearing and so forth. So the solution that was suggested, was to grandfathering current investors on established property, new builds, the whole works, right? Mm-hmm. But moving forward. so Explain from what grandfathering
1: Grandfathering, grandfathering
0: is. means is everyone who's on the current system in the property that they're in, in or the investment properties that they have under the current system stays under that current system until they sell that and then they buy or build a new one. Yeah. Okay? So things stay as they are for everyone who's on that spot. But moving forward... They cut tax breaks and tax incentives for investors on established property mm-hmm. and then increase the tax breaks and incentives on new builds. Mm-hmm. Negative gearing is then only available on the new builds for 10 years so that it encourages building new properties. Mm-hmm. It takes investors out of the established market because they're not competing with owner occupiers for established. Mm. Right, investors are incentivized to build new property. It means after 10 years, they've gotten rid of a lot of depreciation benefits, they've got the negative gearing benefits, all that sort of stuff. The investors are now selling the now 10 year old properties that they built new into the established market, which means owner occupiers are now purchasing this established property after the investors got their benefit for 10 years. The investor is Assume, Assuming the investor wants to get back into the investment market, they're now building another property. Mm. As we've talked about on the podcast, uh, in previous episodes, often developers need uh, a certain amount of a development sold off the plan before a bank will finance to for them to actually start building and so forth. Yep. So the investors are buying off the plan and helping the builders build more properties. Yep. Owner-occupiers are able to uh, a given less competition. There'll still be competition because it'll take this will take years to, to solve the problem, but it'll be in the right direction. Yep. Um, but owner-occupiers are competing against other owner-occupiers and not investors and not foreign investors in the established market. And over time, we should end up with a situation where we've actually got to reverse and allow investors back into the established market because we don't need to build any new properties. Well...
1: That's a utopia. That's That's a
0: utopia. It won't be that we won't need to build any new properties, but we'll be building significantly less, so there'll be less opportunity, and we'll have to give them opportunity to buy back into the market. Otherwise, they'll probably start investing overseas. So what
1: happens to the – explain it to me again – where the investor who has now had their property for 10 years – because, look, not all yep. investors, they want to build a portfolio – Yep. They, they don't want to buy, sell, Look, buy, they sell, can, buy, sell. They can now so, hold
0: that property, but there's no longer tax incentives and negative gearing to hold it. So yep, they're holding some. it for the capital growth. So essentially, what it does it incentivizes them to either get that property positively geared by ten years, mm-hmm. which will be harder to do because the supply like so that means
1: that an established goes into the um goes into the renters market.
0: An established potential, no, it's either, it stays in the renter's market because mm-hmm. the investor's renting out the new property anyway, right? Even in that 10 years, the the investor is renting out that property. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're incentivized to get that property either positively geared or to sell that property after 10 years and then invest in a new one and build a new one.
1: Okay, my question to that is Would that not then slow down the growth of the property, the property's value, given the fact that it's not in demand now? So, therefore,
0: yeah, it, it will. Like, capital, so those capital owner growth, occupiers,
1: those owner occupiers that have gone and bought an established home yep. that's 10 years old, right? They, what they need to see growth over 20 plus years as opposed to 10 plus years in order to see that their value of their home is worth anything.
0: And no that like there will still be growth because it'll take a long time for it to catch up. like that, that's a problem that's going to be 50 to 100 years away where it starts to even out in that supply and demand, right? But yes, capital growth will be slow. We will get to a point where we're starting, and, and this will happen anyway, because eventually supply will catch up with demand.
1: Yeah, so what right? I'm saying here is you're still going to have that same argument.
0: What, and that argument is?
1: That argument is investors are greedy.
0: You're going to have that argument no matter what. What we're trying to do here is leverage what the system that we currently have to solve the housing crisis and create more supply. Investors, investors are always going to be labeled greedy, particularly in Australia, because we've got Tool poppy syndrome. Nobody yeah, likes no, anybody they're earning they're more like money than any, them. Yeah, we don't. We don't like anybody succeeding. We have got to cut them down.
1: Everyone needs to have a utopian lifestyle where everyone has exactly the same amount of money, but you're not better than me.
0: Exactly, <laughs> right? Like it's it's all it's all. Everyone wants Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, but nobody wants to take the the pill.
1: So, I, capital uh,
0: capital growth will slow which will shift the the mentality a little bit and and that brings me but, to my next point. Isn't There's,
1: that the one of the reasons why investors do what they do is because of the growth?
0: Part of its capital growth, part of its it depends on the strategy. There's a whole bunch of different strategies out there. Me personally, when we get to the point where we're buying investment properties, I'm going to be aiming to get them as positively geared as quickly as possible because that's income and revenue into yeah, our household. Right. right? And it's it's a hold kind of scenario. So for me, this wouldn't change my strategy. Because my strategy is never about...
1: You just said that there's lots of different strategies. There are lots of
0: different strategies. Um, And I'm not... Look, I'm not the expert to talk on different investment strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, right? I'm not an investment strategist. This is just me as a real estate guy who builds technology going, this is what seems obvious to me and what I'm going to do. But looking at solving the housing crisis, which you and I have intimate experience with, Mm. right? I mean, we're, we're moving as part of it. This is something that I can see being... It's a a really good compromise. Everybody hurts a little, but everybody also gains a little. It requires a shift in... Investors can still be profitable out of this, right?
1: It just won't be as big a profit as what it is. The capital growth
0: won't be as big a profit, but they turn the property into an income-producing asset. and that, That shifts the goal. But it also may have a very interesting cultural impact.
1: Yeah, I did see that you've written on that.
0: Because a lot of the comments, so some of the comments in this, in this thread were from people who had immigrated to Australia mm. and they all had the same theme. So people who had come from outside Australia, from, from Europe and so forth, would sit there and say that when it comes to everyone in Australia that they've come across, and to be fair, very similar for myself, yeah. And and our friend who's in the process of buying a property at the moment, yours and my advice was absolutely in line with what the typical Australian talks yeah. about yeah. based on on this outside-looking perspective. And, and what they said is they noticed the dominant discussion and the dominant goal and ideal is to talk property value and buying a property with the intent of renting it down the line. It's a secondary or tertiary concern. Like, it's an afterthought to... Buy a property as a house to live in for a lot of people and in a lot of the conversations, particularly people, like people see it as a way of getting ahead financially. And of course it has been. For like our parents all got ahead financially in the real estate market. Mm. Right? That's how they did it. So of course it's it's what a lot of us have grown up with. Um, but well, I know they
1: saw it as something that wasn't as risky as what stocks were. Exactly, and given the Safe as houses, and, and, and you know, given the fact that what nineteen ninety three wasn't it when there was the was it ninety three, or I'd, in the eighties when stocks went stupid and people lost money and uh, they thought it was yeah. going to the world was ending. The world
0: was ending, and and people kept jumping out of, of twenty story uh, windows on Wall Street. Yeah. So yeah, look, I think that's a really interesting point, though. Is what? our culture is heavily I, about real estates, how you get ahead, buy, buy investment and so forth. And you buy a property with the intent of making money from it later down the line, as opposed to turning it into a forever home. And I know in my thinking, like you and I both owned property before. We we rented together when we when we got together and decided to move in together. We went, let's rent together for a while to just make sure we don't kill each other. Um, then a whole bunch of stuff happened. Custody battles happened. Well, all, yeah, all the good fun stuff to, to eat out of a deposit, right? We don't need to go on that stuff. But even our discussions, when we've been saving for a deposit and everything like that, has been, it won't be our forever home yet. What we'll do is we'll buy it, and then we'll renovate or we'll tweak or whatever. We'll sit there for 12 months, two years. We'll rent it out, turn that into an investment, then we'll upgrade. And then we'll upgrade until you know, probably the third or fourth house along was going to be our forever home. In our yeah, but you also
1: have to remember that our, that's what we had been taught by our parents oh, as abso- well. Oh, absolutely. Our parents with everything, cars, boats, anything that we were like, oh, I want this. And they turned around and went, no, 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 you can't afford that. What you, you need to do you step up. is you slowly wait, yep. work little, your little way through. Little incremental upgrades. Yeah, yes. You go 100%. up the ladder. You don't just go, boom, that's what I'm yeah. having. And, and and if you did I, oh you're cocky you are so full of yourself <laughs> oh my god
0: but but if you could do that if you could go straight to the top of the ladder that's great but most people can't most people incrementally increase yeah. right and and that's and that's great and that's fine but it was an interesting observation from people who had immigrated to Australia who have come from cultures and countries where buying a house is about buying a home to live in yeah right it's shelter more and whereas we've As on a cultural level, we've kind of turned it into this this money-making endeavour largely. Well,
1: it's also, you know, like there is also that, you know, you leave high school, you get a job, you meet someone, you get married, you have 2.5 kids.
0: 2.4. Whatever. Nuclear family.
1: You buy a house and then you sell a house and then you buy a house and then you sell a house and then you buy a house and then you sell a house house, until the kids go – We're going to go to university and then it's, oh, so we're going to be housing you and your partner and your 2.4 kids (laughs) until you can afford to buy a house, but we won't go guarantor for you because we learnt the hard way. (laughs) Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So... (laughs)
0: There's a lot of parents out there who did go guarantor for their kids. In fact, there's a lot of information articles out there talking about how that's the bank of mum and dad but is the new way to buy a house. Or the, well, the, the okay. main way that young people or you know people under forty are buying a house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, but what I'm saying here is that when it comes to our culture here in Australia, it is very much: you meet someone, you get married, you live together mm. for a bit, you make a family, and then. You, and then that's when you become serious adults and that's when you start to look at doing all of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I know some t- so it has changed where you live together for quite some time. Yeah. You can buy a house. I'm not saying that the way that I just said it is the be all and end all. Um, but that's what
0: we were raised with as the expectation. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Whereas I do know a lot of people who have immigrated here to Australia And they said, it is something that is ingrained here in our culture that that is what you're supposed to do. Mm. You are supposed to Mm. own a home. It doesn't matter whether you can afford it or not. That is the Australian dream to own your own home. But they went, the crazy thing is, is that there is so many other um, countries out there where if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But you're gonna be sacrificing a lot. And, well, and that's so something do, that you, do I really wanna sacrifice going and visiting the rest of the world in order to own a home? But it's not even
0: it's so, not even just visiting the rest of the world no, in the travel what I, aspect. What I'm it's, saying, it's the quality of life aspect. That's right. So yeah.
1: there's a lot of things that people look at and go, Hold on, do I really want to miss out on all of this life experience and have a home? Because when I'm, you know, 50, 60 whatever I can still buy a home it may and by that stage
0: you'll be, you'll be hard pushed to get a loan no
1: what I'm saying here is that it's not that it's going to be absolutely impossible right that you're never ever going to own a home if that's what you want to do then do it then but if you're wanting to go and live your life if you're quite happy just to rent that's there is so many people who do that mm. who would prefer just to rent. And to that's their the, the, li- and okay. that and that's the culture. That's the culture. The, the, they, that's, not everyone okay. is, wants to Is that to the own? culture?
0: Is is their mark Because their markets in a lot of those countries, like you talk Europe and things like that, and and with the exceptions of of you know like London and Paris and places like that where rents are, you know, as insane or close to as insane as Australia, if not more so, same as Hong Kong, Singapore, etc. Um, there are a lot of other places throughout. Europe and and that where and and throughout Asia, where it's not that way, where it's not like the rents are cheap and you you know quality of life is valued over quality of asset, right? Yes. And and sacrificing for that asset. So my question then is, do you think that the culture culture built that market, or the market built that culture?
1: Well, it's nurture versus nature isn't it?
0: Well, not really. Because it's, it
1: comes down to what the like to go. It is it the market that's built the culture or the culture that's built the market. Well, it is very much that same thing. Is it like, is it because that's what that person's only ever known? So that's what they're going to do because that's what uh, we're, we're creatures. You're looking at
0: this on a, on an individual basis and I'm looking at this on an entire market. And to be honest with you, my theory is, is quite simply this. These countries where this culture persists, where it's quality of life over quanta, over quality of asset, it's you know live your life as opposed to owning a house like you can rent it cheap and all that sort of stuff, these countries have had significantly longer than what we have to wrestle with this problem and to create solutions for this problem. Yeah, um, so then
1: as a younger country, should we not be looking at those older ones going... Maybe they're doing something (laughs) right there. Isn't that what you use your older siblings for? I I don't really like that. I agree agree with what you're
0: saying, but this is one of the reasons why I love Hobart. Right? Is Hobart is the oldest city in this country, or or one of the oldest cities, and it and it knows who it is. Hobart's kind of like the mature older brother of all of Australia in in terms of its feel and how and its identity and everything like that. You come to the mainland, you look at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, not Adelaide. Adelaide knows who it is. Um, But you look at Perth. I haven't been to Darwin, so I can't comment. They're all like they're teenagers who are fighting tooth and nail to try and figure out who they are. Yeah. Right? Whereas Adelaide knows who it is, and it's just chill. Like, they're like, this is who we are. Hobart knows who it is. Like They know what their identity is and they are completely at peace within that. And I think that's something that only comes from age. And when I talk to people, and look, first up, I'll put my hand up and say I haven't been to Europe yet. It is on the list and it's going to happen. But when I talk to people who have been there, they describe the same kind of things that I see and feel in Hobart in that there's not that mad rush to prove themselves in these countries, in these cities and and towns and so forth. They know who they are. Because they've been that for, for hundreds, if not thousands, of years.
1: Yeah, but that again, that comes down to culture.
0: It does come down to culture. But coming coming back to the, the teenager well, metaphor, mean, it, the, it the, the coming culture. of age, age metaphor, right? What teenager ever asks their parents or their older sibling for advice? What teenager actually doesn't believe that they know everything in a. In a yeah, so know?
1: therefore, there's your answer to your question. that it's the culture that's made the the market
0: fair enough like i don't think i don't think there's a a empirical answer i think it's it's one that it's no but just with what you you have just described
1: that's what i'm saying
0: yeah look i i'd be inclined to agree i think there's a madness here i think that we don't have the things in place that would allow us to fix this problem um
1: I don't think that there's think, actually, if so. I think the
0: solution that was put forward, because, given what's in place. Because of our
1: culture, there is so much, and and you have even said it, that you've even noticed it in business with what you have dealt with, and I've seen it as well, where there is this very much like a golem, my precious. And if oh, yeah. anyone tries to come in and go, oh, what you got there? It's like, ah, kind yeah. of deal, yeah. right? Everyone turns into the raptor, and, and, like, and the
0: insane thing is, the people that actually succeed so, to that insane level, like that that next next crazy level, they're the ones that don't operate from the competitive plane. They so, just go, you know what? Like
1: that's not what I was talking about. No, no,
0: but it's it does tie back. Like they're 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 operating from a creative plane. They're like, we can always make more pie. We can always build more houses. Yeah, that wasn't where you I know? was
1: going with that. So what I'm saying here is that when it comes to the culture. It, it, our culture here is very much like i built my success i'm going to give you little drip feeds here and there because this is my success you build your success right however your success is
0: how much right? of that's come down from boomer parents
1: look it, but it's it doesn't matter it's the fact that they would have had to have got that same mentality no, from somewhere I, I disagree so so,
0: so many of can them i
1: finish? So, what I'm saying here is that it is such a cultural thing that it is, you know, like, you succeed over there, I'll succeed here, and then when we're both the same, then that's fine, right? But if you have But if you get ahead of me, fuck you. I'm coming after you. Exactly. So, what I'm saying here is when it comes to people investing and wanting to invest and everything- I Please understand I am not saying that people who invest in property are self-centred or anything like that. I'm looking at a very broad, very, very broad outlook on a culture as a whole where instead of it going, hold on, this is what's worked for us and you've got something there that's worked for you, talking about Australia, going something's working over there for you show me what that's all about, maybe we could bring it in here because we have this problem, you've sorted out that problem yourself, let's try and work together. But instead, we have states going, this is mine, don't you be looking at my hand. Oh, it's
0: it's ridiculous. Like
1: as though they're sitting around the table playing poker. And it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense because everyone – here in Australia are going, uh, you know, investors, because let's face it, investors know people who rent, not just from them but family members, mum, dad, whoever, sister, brother, whoever. Then you've also got, you know, their next-door neighbours because they have to live beside someone who could potentially be renting that property where they're going, you know, oh, it's so freaking hard. So there is so so much of that out there where... (sighs) Why isn't there more people working together, It's scrapping the culture that we have had when it comes to not only success, but also going, okay, we've got a problem here, it really needs to be addressed. We know that some things work here, some things don't. Let's pool it all together. Let's figure out things that are actually going to work instead of just pointing fingers like let's do something about it instead of just a whole heap of talking pointing fingers going meet meep 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 about someone
0: else but if okay if we're to stop pointing fingers we have to completely dissolve the monopoly on the media
1: haven't you been asking that for years oh
0: i want it i want it so bad it's not funny but look the, I, I get where you're coming from the current system's not going to allow it right and in order to to do what you're suggesting we would literally have to um we, we would have to overhaul the current system in in such a way as it's a, basically so a tear down rebuild So what you're job.
1: saying is that we just need a government to put band-aids on and hope No, for the what best. I'm
0: what I'm saying <laughs> because if is there's not going to be a massive this, change this then proposed, it's just going to be band-aids. This this proposed solution that that I put to you before is the best thing that I've ever seen for solving the housing crisis in this mm-hmm. country.
1: Yeah, but then there's things called lobbyists, so good luck with that one.
0: Yeah, well, I think we need to expose them um, and, and you know, highlight what they're um, lobbying for and so forth. But I think, but look, in this particular case, I would imagine some of the most powerful lobbyists and the biggest spenders are, in fact, the development companies in this country. They'd be some of the biggest com- companies in this country no, I think there's with, some, with the most profit. there's
1: a lot of shadowy things that there's, are there's
0: there, Look, there probably is, but I would wager that this could get across the line because the only thing they'd be short of is labor. And if the government incentivized apprentices we've talked about this previously on the post on the podcast back when they first introduced the first home buyer grant simultaneously they were pumping for apprentices and so forth. So we could fix our labor shortage in the same time at the same time we basically incentivize investors to build even more new properties because the government outsourced it to the private sector. And this whole greedy investors thing, coming back to the the very you know clickbaity topic of of this particular podcast episode, um, they're not greedy. They're doing what any of us will do, given the the, the money.
1: They found a loophole, and no. They found haven't money. found a
0: loophole. They,
1: when I mean loophole, I mean that they have the ability of spending money, and they want to do exactly what all of us want, and that have our money work for us, ab- so that absolutely. while we're sleeping overnight night time, and, and
0: that's because the government outsourced yeah, exactly. the supply problem to the private sector, so. We, if, if we don't have investors making money, we don't have houses. And the question is, do you want the mum and dad investor who's able to get three, four, maybe even five or six investment properties? Which, look, I, I get it. Some people go, oh, my God, that's gross. That, that That's way too many, et cetera. But here's your other option. Because it's been outsourced to the private sector, here's your other option. Corporations building build to rent, which we've already talked about on an episode on the podcast. Yeah and owning hundreds if not thousands of properties and eventually building enough market power to actually deliberately influence the market in their favour.
1: It'll still be the greedy investor's fault.
0: Yeah, but now we'll have nameless, faceless corporations to blame that, you know, yeah, you might be able to go after a CEO, but he's on enough money or she's on enough money. They've got security and all the rest of it.
1: They've got so many. um, They're probably not even in this country. Yeah, international. So and and so there you go. You can't find them anyway. So
0: when when we come back to the solution that was proposed on Reddit, um, you know, cut tax breaks for established property. Moving forward, keep all established property and everything like that. Like whatever benefits and tax breaks you have on the current established property you've got, stay there. But moving forward. For all new sale, investor sales, cut tax breaks on established property, negative gearing only available for 10 years on new builds, tax breaks and incentives for investors only on new builds. And I think if you do that, yes, you will slow capital growth. Some people will bitch, but everybody hurts a little bit. But as a whole, everybody wins overall on, on the long yeah, term.
1: there's a problem with it. You're fixing a problem. And then what's going to happen once that problem's
0: fixed? Oh, there's always another problem. That's why I'll never be out of work. There's always another problem. I'm a problem solver. There's always another problem. Everybody's got problems. Yeah, but if
1: you fix the problem of making money, then then there's a problem.
0: I'm working on that. I'm trying to find a way to create a matter synthesizer from the Orville.
1: Right. And on that note, I'm definitely not going down that rabbit hole. So peace out.
0: See yous.